there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. As we look at the scriptures, a child is considered to be a reflection of God's love. A child dedication is a symbolic ceremony performed so that they can be a right for the family to instill and declare a Christian faith upon their household. This can form a child's life for the rest of their lives. Many parents want to raise their child and think for themselves, and absolutely that is the end goal. We want the child to think for themselves, but we want them to choose the right path. We want them to choose the path that greater allows them to see the glory and the purposes of God in their life. Amen? So teaching your children the righteous ways is an honorable thing, and so uh, it's a godly thing to do. With that said, some parents... um, don't realize till later that their children catch more than they're taught. Yes? It's true that there's a lot of times we, we don't realize how impactful the, the, the things that we say are in our kids' lives, but, but more so the things that we do. Because a lot of things are caught more so than taught. Children will mimic what they see much more than what they're told. Children are highly formable at this age. And in this regard, a child dedication is much a dedication, as much a dedication for the parent as it is for the child. So before I bring the parents up individually, I will call them up individually here today. Before we do that, I want to bring a a scripture that comes to mind, and that's simply Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 5. And here's what that says. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Listen to me for a moment. Parents, God called your child before you did. God called your child before you did. And the truth is, no matter how much you think you love your child, God loves them more. I know because I love my children so much and it's hard for me to grasp the idea that God loves them more, but he does. Some may ask, why do we do child dedications? Well, it's simple. One, it's an opportunity to thank God for the precious gift he's given us. Yes, sometimes that precious gift can be a pain. And that's okay. Number two, an opportunity to publicly declare your intentions to raise your child in a Christian atmosphere. That is to say, your home. Please, parents, don't think that just bringing them here for two hours on a Sunday morning is going to shape your child's future. Discipleship starts at home. All we do is add reinforcements. Number three, a family dedication where parents commit themselves is very important because you stand before the body and your family saying, I declare that Jesus is Lord of this household. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. 
Psalms tells us in, one, in chapter 127 that sons are a heritage from the Lord, that children are a reward from him. Sometimes they could feel like a punishment. But by and large, they are a reward. Because let me tell you something, nothing comes to my heart more than the moments where I see my child thrive in the presence of God or say something that absolutely blows my mind. The truth is that that dedication is a way of saying I am going to be intentional about my faith in my home. Amen? We don't take parenting lightly here at Freedom. We don't take the vision for the household lightly either. I'm so proud of all the parents that have stepped forward here today that they're in just a few moments that are going to say, I want to bring my child up in the fear of God. Not a fear that causes them to shake and tremble like, uh, like some sort of horrific nightmare, but more so of the fear of how awesome our God is and how wonderful his presence is. I want to bring my child up in the fear and trust in God, and I hope you want to do the same as well. Whether you're a single parent, unmarried, divorced, or have a blended household, this is about you saying, regardless of my status and my past, I believe that there's a future in Christ. This is what we're talking about here today. So God's instructions are simple. With every ounce and fiber of our being, we decide to raise our child in the fear of God. So I urge parents to demonstrate that real interest at home. And as we move into this portion of the service, I'm going to ask parents, as I call your name, please come and stand before me here up front. I'm going to invite my wife to come with me for a moment. I'm going to ask as we call each one to spread out as we have five separate households and six babies that we are committing to the Lord here today. Kayla, please bring before the body Ryland Thomas Budman. That's just cheering them on. It's okay. It's cheering them on. You can stand right there. Just stand right here. Right here facing. Yep. Face me. Thank you. May and Tyler, please bring before the body Wendy, Olivia, Aaron Huckabee, Huckabah, and Molly Elizabeth Huckabah. Andrew and Rachel, please bring before the body Jonah William Ludwig. Travis and Jennifer, please bring before the body Roman Enos Miller. Brock and Leanne, please bring before the body Cheyenne Baker. We might just get you a stool here. Do you want a stool? We can get you a stool if that's, would that be easier? Yes. I want to accommodate you. At this time, I'm going to invite grandparents to stand behind. If you want to just spread just a little bit. Grandparents, we invite you to stand behind your child and your grandchild here. And parents, I want to speak to you for a moment. 
This is our first group dedication. We've never done a group dedication, and we've never done one quite like this, to this scale. But I want you to know, parents, as your pastor, I want you to know something. You are supported, and you are loved. Your child has the benefit of influence provided by the extended family behind you, both your grandparents and the Freedom family. Some are blood and some are not, but we're all family, amen? What you have is help and backup in times of trouble, and there will be times you need help. Don't be afraid of asking, as you've just seen. We are here because we understand that it takes a village. It really does. And so the people behind you provide that. Allow them to do that within the context of understanding their own boundaries, grandparents. Right? Let them raise their children. But when they need reinforcements, you come on in like a, like a storm of love. They'll need a storm of love sometimes. A storm of mercy, a storm of grace. No matter what that looks like, we appreciate the fact that they are in this thing. These people behind you are your spiritual support as well, your Freedom family. Allow me to speak to the grandparents for a moment and Freedom Life Church. It's the parents' responsibility to provide a household that gears itself toward Christ. But it is the responsibility of the body of Christ to teach and admonish those things as best we can. Amen? And so I ask each of you to be faithful in prayer for our parents and their children from this day forward. We are to support their efforts to establish a home that is Christ-centered. And with that, parents, if you agree with the following statements in the presence of God and these witnesses here today, I'm going to ask you to respond with, we do. Do you today recognize your child as a gift from God and give heartfelt thanks for his blessing over you? Do you pledge as parents that with God's help, you will bring up your child in the discipline and instruction of the Lord, making every reasonable effort to build them up in the faith of Jesus Christ? We do. do you promise to provide through God's blessings for physical, emotional, and spiritual needs of your child, looking to your heavenly Father alone for strength, love, and wisdom, and to serve him all the days of your life? Do you promise to be in constant prayer by God's grace that your child will put their faith and trust in Jesus as we stand alongside you and obey his teachings? We do. And last, do you now dedicate your child to the Lord who gave him or her to you, surrendering all worldly claims and hope that they would belong wholly devoted to the Lord? My wife is coming now, and she has a life verse to share for the, all of our dedicatees today. The verse that um, I thought would work wonderfully for all these little ones is from Jeremiah 1. I'm going to read verse 5, and then I'm going to read verse 10. And it says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born... I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. 
See today, I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. Amen. It's very important that you understand that your pastoral team here are praying for you and your family. And I want to give a a pastoral prayer over you if I can do that. I'm going to ask the congregation, if you would with me, stand. And we invite you to extend a hand toward the, the altar here today as these parents bring their child to the Lord. And as you embrace your child, we ask you to join hands, if you can, with those around you in your parental circles, your grandparents. You're invited to come on in this moment here. And I want to pray a prayer over you. Let's extend a hand right now. Lord, thank you for these families. Thank you that, God, you love them so much that you gave your only son that they would have life more abundantly. Lord, we're so so grateful today for each of these. Lord, we're grateful for Ryland today. We're so grateful for Wendy and Molly. We're so grateful for Jonah, Roman, and Cheyenne. Lord, for each of them and their lives given to you. I ask you for Kayla, May, Tyler, Andrew, Rachel, Travis, Jen, Brock, and Leanne as they lead these children in the faith. Lord, I ask you at this time, would you give insight, would you give insider wisdom, insider knowledge into their child? Would you give them the wisdom to lead their child in the fear and the admonition of God? And may they always declare promises upon their children and proclaim the goodness of God in their household. It's in Jesus' name I ask these things because you are good. You are good. Oh, so good. We're so grateful today. And we dedicate these children to you, oh God. In Jesus' name we pray. And all of God's people agree with me and say, Amen. 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 Those of you at your seats, you may be seated. Parents, we want to let you know that we have a small gift for each of the the children dedicated today. I'm going to ask for the parents of Roman to come. Cheyenne, the parents of Cheyenne. The parents of Molly and Wendy, parents of Ryland, and the parents of Jonah. We love and deeply appreciate you all. God bless you. Would you give them a hand, would you please? Thank you so much. That's very, very tricky with that many children. Today being Family Sunday, I want, to, uh, I want to acknowledge that this, while it is a Sunday that we, the kids stay with the family, I, I believe that there's something very important about that. Kids have to understand that there's more to life than what is just their immediate circle. 
that family, the family unit is very, very important. And I love the opportunity that we have provided for you this morning that while it is a little bit tricky at times to have the children in the service because they normally are accustomed to going back there every service, we also believe that something very beneficial happens in a room like this when they get to sit with their mom and dad and hear the word of God together. Amen? So we take full advantage of that here today. Your home is a launch pad. A launch pad for everyone today that decides that Jesus Christ is the center of your home. The launch pad for everyone is this, that God has a given purpose in life. We're going to go ahead and begin that live feed, yes? It's impossible, yes, it is absolutely impossible for young people to find a life call apart from the Lord being at the helm. It's very difficult for ourselves to find the peace of God outside of him. Here's how the Psalms puts it. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand Watch in vain. In vain you rise early and stay up late, toiling for food to eat, for he grants sleep to those he loves. Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior, our children are born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. In this passage, we see a couple of things. Number one, your child is a gift. Number two, it also tells us and declares that our child is temporarily ours. Yes? Our child is temporarily ours. There comes a day where that child will live and make decisions for themselves. We have a small window, yes, a very small window to invest in them. And here's the third thing this passage tells me. Are you ready? We get to launch them. We get to launch them and tell them, go and do the will of God for your life. It is not easy, but we launch them understanding that God is the one who is the author of their faith. Listen to me for a moment. Here at Freedom, we believe that a great, commi- a great commitment to the Great Commission And the great commandment will grow a great church. I'm going to say that again. A great commitment to the great commission and the great commandment will grow a great church. My goal in life is not to grow a great church. My job is to first grow myself, grow my family, and if everybody does that, when we come together, we can't help but be a great church. Is that right? Because like I said earlier, two hours on a Sunday is not going to make your household great. Something has to happen between Monday and Saturday. Something has to happen in the household that launches your children to understand their faith in God. The great commandment in Matthew 22 
says that we have a commitment to, to love God. We have a commitment to love people. But we also believe here at Freedom, this second thought, a great commitment to the great commission and the great commandment will also grow a great family. When you've committed yourself to say that the great commission and the great commandment is going to bless my home. Friend, look at me. We are called to be a family on a mission. And that's my title here this morning. We are a family on a mission. A family on mission. When you're a family on a mission together, you love Jesus together. You love each other. You love your neighbors. And you want your family as a whole and everybody in it to bring more people to Jesus. I don't know about you, but it excites me when I hear my kids talk about Jesus. So I want to give you five simple thoughts real quick here this morning. How to live on mission together as a family. And if you're taking notes, this would be a good time to write a few down. Number one, see the world together and notice all the people. See the world together. Do something, especially during the holidays, do something very deliberate together to help and bless people. Do something together that will show the family that it is not just us. We are servants of the Most High God. I'm not getting a lot of amens. I thought I might get a few there. But it's true though, isn't it? If we see the world as Christ sees the world together, we will operate together with a kingdom point of view. It's one thing to look, and then it's another thing to see. It's one thing to look, and it's another thing to see. See the world the way God sees the world. Seeing is a need that requires a verdict on our part. When you see something, say something, right? I grew up in New York in the early part of my life. The big statement in the city is, if you see something, say something. If you see something, say something. And you know what? If you as a family see something, say something. Because somebody may benefit from being able to see things in other people's lives. Let me ask you a question in this room. How many of you have ever seen something and thought to yourself, maybe that's none of my business? There's a lot of times we can think that way, right? Is it possible that there are some points in your life where you saw something and you said, that is none of my business, but there's a possibility that maybe there is a part of you that should say something? If you see a brother and a sister at a very difficult point in their lives, their faith means something. If you see something in your brother's life, your sister's life, you should say something in love. But say something. Stand up for them and say, I'm saying this because I love you. Are you okay? I notice some things. I notice how you carry yourself lately. You would, are, are things okay? I'll be here if you need someone. See the world differently. And be okay with showing your children how to do that too. Our kids' hearts need to be broken with the brokenness of God as well. I recently got a chance to uh, go on the missions trip uh, to the city, and we got a chance to bring our son with us. And I'm 
continuously blown away by how that trip has still impacted my children, or rather my child, years, oh, excuse me, weeks later, weeks and weeks later, you know, how they still mention moments. When I was there, when I was there, I remember seeing that. Why? Because we were on a mission together, and we can share that moment. Can I encourage you with something? Be a family on a mission together. Sometimes we want to go, well, it's my point to serve. You just go over there and do something. I got to serve. Why don't you show them what you're doing? I love how Monty serves, and I don't, I don't want to point him out too much, but I already did. So whatever. Um, but his children love to serve with him in our parking lot ministry. I serve. Serve together. Just wear the vest, that's all. So people know that you're serving, right? Let them know. We're doing this together. I'm excited to see you guys serve. I'm excited to see you guys help that way. Why? Because serving is not about uh, um, the recognition. It's not about a title. It's about a towel. It's about a towel. Serving is about the towel. Second thought is simply this. Practice loving your neighbors together. One of the things that I love to do is that every holiday, my wife is an amazing baker. I believe the Lord has touched her. In amazing ways. And some of you have that gift. Please feel free to exercise that gift with me anytime. I'm here for you. But my wife has this wonderful baking gift. It is the gift from heaven because every good and perfect gift comes from above. Okay, so maybe I'm using scripture for my benefit, but... The truth is that when, uh, when holiday season comes around and, and, you know, Thanksgiving and Christmas, and we, we realize that there's those moments and we bake stuff and oftentimes we, we pray about who we're going to. And we actually, uh, by we, I mean I deliver, she bakes it. And I take, guess what? I don't just do it myself. I take my children with me. And I say, you get to give it. You knock on the door and you say, Merry Christmas. And they give them the cookies or give them whatever it is that we bake. Why? Because together we practice loving our neighbors. Try it. It, it, Sometimes they're speechless. And sometimes they go, wow, wow, that's so nice of you. Well, it's nice, yes, but really... It's showing the love of God, right? And something so practical. So I get so excited when we get to do that together as a family. And not just people you might think that are easy to love. Maybe those that you never got a chance to meet. They may not be easy to love. That doesn't matter. God loves them anyway. Whether they're easy to love or not. Believe it or not, this is a shocker to you. Hold on to yourself. Ready? There came a point in your life that you probably weren't that easy to love either. I know. It's a shocker to me too. There may have been a point in your life, yes, you, maybe you, that you weren't that easy to love. But God still loved you and he gave his only son for you. I challenge you with this. See what people could see. Say what you see and serve people well. Tell them, you know, I may be just a neighbor, but I want you to know if you ever need someone to talk to, I'm here. We're here. You'd be amazed as to how far that will go. 
One of the ways that you could serve together, practice loving your neighbor, is by inviting people. Inviting people, like next week. Invite somebody. Don't come, don't come by yourself if you don't have to. Bring somebody. Join a small group. Be a part of something great. Serve together. Decide that when, when schedules get crazy, the things that we don't want to drop is church attendance and serving God. And let me be very clear with this. We decided as a family, and this is our personal conviction, that we decided as a family that we will drop anything, sports or otherwise, that conflicts with our time in the house of God. Why? Because they will have a window to play sports, but they'll have an eternity with their soul. They will have a window of opportunity to do this, that, and the other, but their souls that hang in the balance. And I want to teach my child the right way and prioritize by example, not by word, but by indeed. So in my house, if something conflicts with something that's more important, then you know what? We don't do that thing. You can do however you want in your house. That's why it's your house. But I'm telling you, as for me and my house, we will drop anything that conflicts with the house of God. Why? Because saved people serve people. Third, develop generosity together. There's a tremendous power in talking to your children as a family about giving and generosity. Can I tell you something? We tithe as a family and we give our first and our best. When my child gets a blessing and a gift, I tell them, don't forget, if they get a dollar, don't forget 10 cents goes in Buddy Barrel. I teach them young. We teach them young. And we tell them, don't forget your buddy barrel to bring it to church so we can help support missions. Why? Because we believe that there's special causes outside of us. Great causes. And practice random acts of generosity. We want our kids to be financially stable and successful, right? How many would agree with that? We want our, ch- our children and our, and our families to be financially successful. Well, Let's help them create habits that make God first. And that's a very important part. For every, dime there's, for every dollar, there's a dime in my house. And that's the way we taught them. Number four, go to war with your family on your knees. Go to war with your family on your knees. Pray with your family. Pray together. It's been said the family that prays together stays together. It's obviously not a universally true statement. There are times that families get broken up. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of truth in this statement as well. The next generation needs us praying for them, but not just telling them to pray, but praying with them. Amen? The next generation needs us to understand, or rather needs to understand the importance of prayer. And let me tell you, the fifth and final thing, which are undivided attention in this direction. Are you ready? The fifth and final thing, release your kids for significant impact. Release them to God. Don't be afraid of of allowing God to pray um, over your children, saying, God, show me how to pray for my children. You know what, parents? I believe nobody else on this planet can prophesy over your children like you can. Nobody on this planet can prophesy over your children like you can. This goes for you grandparents too. You can prophesy over your children and your grandchildren. You got double responsibility. Maybe because some of you have double time. 
don't know what that looks like. Extra time. (laughs) I look forward to the opportunity to pray with my kids. Why? Because I believe that there are levels of commitment that they need to see. Number one is that basic survival. That's that getting by. That's that level one. Let me just pray through this. I just want to be able to pray through this, right? Then there's that level two where that says, you know what? I'm not just surviving. I'm being successful. I am pressing through to successfully pray. But then there's that third significant level where we start to say, God, we're making a difference to those around us. Some some people have dreams for our kids, but we stop at level two where we say, you know what? I just want my kids to be successful. Can I tell you something? The term successful can change person to person. So let's make it very clear what successful is. What successful is when God deems your life is in the middle of his will. That's a successful person. You could have a lot of money and the world's eyes be successful but be absolutely miserable. I know a lot of people that I've met over my time. They have money, but they don't have peace. They have a beautiful home, a beautiful car, but they don't have peace. Can I tell you something? Something has to happen when we move from that point of, you know what, I'm just surviving in prayer. So I say, you know what, I'm thriving for my kids. I want my kids to thrive in their faith. So let me illustrate this point with what um, is called the spider hole. A spider hole is a tactical military approach where people place themselves in a hole in the ground and hide and to escape in warlike situations till the enemy passes. Can I tell you something? Many Christian homes are doing that. They're taking the spider hole approach where they say, let's isolate ourselves until the passing of the enemy. Can I tell you something? God has called us to be greater with the Holy Spirit in us. Come on, somebody. As the Holy Spirit is in us, we don't have to hide from no enemy. We have to have a mentality of an offensive mentality, not a defensive one that says, I'm going to live my life on my heels in a bunker somewhere, but instead standing guard saying, I'm going to, I'm going to guard my home. I'm going to pray over my home. I'm going to stand and prophesy over my children. I'm not going to let the enemy have his way. I'm going to let the enemy have his due notice that he is up. His time is up here and I'm not letting him have access to this house. You've been evicted. Hear me. The enemy must be evicted from Christian homes. Stop thinking that he just wants to distract you. No, he wants to distort your vision for your family. He wants to distort your calling, your kid's calling. And guess what? If he can't distort, he'll distract. If he can't distract, you know what he'll do? He'll put you at a place where you just, you find yourself being so busy 
that you can't see where the enemy is in your home. Don't be so busy with life that the very lives you're responsible for are slipping through. Friend, listen to me. I'm talking to parents. I'm talking to everybody in this room. Because some of you aren't parents and you're like, well, you know, this really doesn't. Listen to me. God has given you responsibility over somebody. Maybe you're here today and you have responsibility over somebody. You have a, a neighbor, a friend, somebody you're investing in. Can I tell you something? God has called you to be on mission. And whatever that looks like, say yes. Amen? Whatever that looks like, say yes. And let me finish with this thought. Here it is. The moment we see this world as holding our reward, we have already let go of his will in our life. Did you hear that? The moment we say to ourselves, you know what? I'm okay with where we are. Something goes terribly wrong. Don't ever ever turn your back on the enemy. And that's not to put fear. In fact, I'm telling you the opposite. Stand firm. You are a family on a mission. Don't allow the little things to sit through the cracks, to slip through the cracks. Parents, what you do in moderation, your children will do in excess. So let me ask you this question. As a family, what are you doing together as a ministry? Think about that question. What are you doing together as a ministry? Well, Pastor Tony, my family's at different stages of their life. Well, who's in your care? Who do you have direct access to? Can I tell you something? God has put people in your path to effect. And my prayer is this morning that you be on mission for that. Amen? We did a child dedication just a few moments ago. And that child dedication is just as much for the parents as it is for the kids, right? Because we have a weighty responsibility. And as your pastor, it's my obligation to give you the instructions you need to be successful through the entire week. I don't want you to just survive today. I want you to thrive through the week so that when you're going about your day-to-day activities, you're like, wow, I remember what God spoke on Sunday to my heart. A family on mission says this, this world has nothing for me. This world has nothing for me. Can I ask you and invite you to bow your heads with me for a moment? Lord, thank you for your promises. Thank you for the parents that have come forward today and said, I want Jesus to be Lord of our home. Bless each parent and each child today. Lord, these children one day will have to make a decision that will impact the rest of their lives. They will have to make a decision that will impact their spouses and their children. They will, have a make, they will have to make a decision that will shape their future. 
Lord, I pray that you would not be a part of their life, but that you would be the reason they live. And there's a vast difference between the two. I'm asking you today, God, for every person at the sound of my voice, would you allow them to examine themselves and be people on mission? What a wonderful call you have in our lives. What a wonderful mission you've called us to. And Lord God, I pray that we would take these principles to love our neighbor, to love all those that are needing hope to follow you all the days of their life. Because we offered that life, may they come to Jesus. We pray these things in the name that is above every name, the name of Jesus. Father, I pray for every mom and every dad. I pray for those that maybe are struggling in their faith. They're struggling with whatever it is. God, I pray that they would see the love that is in this message. That they would catapult and use their their home as a launch pad for their children's ministry and their ministry. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.